Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. It's the start of a new year, and we have a lot of great things coming up, including the 2023 launch of our small group. So make sure you're here on Sunday mornings and following us on Facebook and Instagram at My Collective Church to stay connected. We really want you to be a part of what God is doing here. Now let's get into Sunday's message. In 2005, a story from eastern Turkey made national news when a group of shepherds left 1,500 sheep to graze in a field while they relaxed and ate breakfast. While they were eating, for unknown reasons, a single sheep decided to leap off of the 50-foot cliff they were on, and it fell to its death in the ravine below. Now, that really isn't newsworthy, but what happened next is, upon seeing this lone sheep leap to its death, the other 1,499 sheep decided to follow and also left, leapt off the cliff. As the story goes, the four, first 400 sheep fell to their death, but as you know, sheep are kind of fluffy and a little bit soft, and so the remaining 1,100 sheep fell onto a large pillow of dead sheep car- carcasses, and they lived. Today we're starting a new series called Shepherd. <laughs> you guys, there's nothing more to that. They just, you just need to, hold on, we'll get there, we'll get there. Everything has a purpose, right? All right, so today we're starting a new sermon series called Shepherd. And before we get into it, there are two really important things that we need to understand about sheep and shepherds. And so if you're taking notes today, we're jumping right into it. I encourage you to write these down. These are fundamental to what we're going to learn over the next few weeks. And here's the first thing. Sheep are dumb. Yep, sheep are really dumb, like really, really dumb. Now, some of you who grew up in Frederick and have a little more experience with farm animals will argue that sheep aren't that dumb because they feel complex emotions and they actually have like a decent memory. And that's true. Those are very true things about sheep. But sheep also jump off cliffs to their death because they don't have independent thought and they follow the sheep in front of them without hesitation. So sheep are dumb. They're really cute but they're dumb. Here's the second thing to write down that's fundamental to this series. Because sheep are dumb, sheep need a shepherd. Now, shepherds are kind of like American cowboys, not losers like the Dallas Cowboys, not the same. (laughs) I knew you were going to lose. I started writing this weeks ago. We saw it coming. Can we talk about that last play? What was that? So the good news is shepherds aren't like those cowboys because they'd be losers all the time. Uh, What we're talking about is like shepherds are more like the Wild West cowboys. They lived on the land. They worked with their hands. They They had to be strong and fearless because they would fight predators and thieves who would try to attack and steal the sheep. But one big difference between cowboys and shepherds is that while cowboys tend to corral their cattle from the back, shepherds lead their sheep from the front. They walk the path ahead of their sheep to make sure it's safe. What the sheep do is they follow line by line, step by step. And sheep without a shepherd, without someone who will lead them, don't stand a chance. And so over the next three weeks, we're going to be in the book of Psalms in the Old Testament, breaking down Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is one of the most famous chapters in the Bible. Psalm 23, verse 4, is one of the most famous verses in the Bible. And it's all about a shepherd and his sheep. And one thing I want to do as we go through this series is I actually want to give everyone here one big kind of overarching series challenge. I want to challenge every single person in here to take the time to memorize Psalm 23. 
It's six verses. It's really easy. And what this means is that I'm challenging you over the next few weeks to read it multiple times, to not just show up here and go through it with us, but to read it at home, to make it a part of your daily Bible reading. And the good news is, if you didn't pick up your Bible last week after I challenged all of us to read our Bible more, this is a great place to start. Read Psalm 23 every single day for the next few weeks. This will kickstart your habit of reading the Bible and will help you memorize this iconic passage. Now, if you've already carved out the time to start reading your Bible every day, it's a habit that you have. Don't stop what you're doing. Just add it to your reading as well. And I'm going to read all of Psalm 23 in a second. But before I do, I want to give some of the context and the history to what we're about to read because it changes how we view it. The context and the history of how it was written and who wrote it kind of elevate this passage even further. So let's start by talking about the book of Psalms. This book is found in the Old Testament of the Bible, and it is a collection of 150 ancient Hebrew poems, songs, and prayers that come from different periods of Israel's history. At some point after Israel's exile to Babylon, these ancient poems were gathered up and they are intentionally arranged in the book of Psalms that we have today. The book was written by multiple authors, with King David having written most of it. He wrote just under 50% of the book. The book of Psalms is often considered wisdom literature, but it can also be classified as poetry. And we actually talked about this a little bit last week. I said the book of Psalms uh, teaches us how to worship. But what's really cool is it doesn't just teach us how to worship and praise God in the good times. It teaches us how to worship and praise God when times are hard as well. And that's because the book of Psalms, we see this honest and vulnerable communication uh, to God from the authors. This book is unfiltered and raw and real. And the Psalms show us that God is big enough and loving enough to hear all that's on our hearts, the good and the bad, because God wants to know how we feel. Earlier this week, uh, I had a friend text me because he was reading Psalm 109. And he said, this seems like the most wild diss track of all time. Is this how I should pray when I'm upset with someone? And that's because Psalm 109 is very intense. David is bearing his soul to God. He actually says things like, God whom I praise, don't stand silent and aloof while the wicked slander me and tell lies about me. He says this about his enemy. He says, may his children become fatherless and his wife a widow. He says, my heart is full of pain. I'm fading like a shadow at dusk. And so the book of Psalms aren't poems like roses are red, violets are blue. It's some emo stuff, okay? And I know most of you grew up in the 90s and 2000s. You like the emo stuff. You're going to put on all black. You're going to put your hair in front of your eye, and you're going to read the book of Psalms. (laughs) It's emotional. But what's cool about this book is that it gives us permission to cry out to God in the same way. Right, to praise him in the same way, to honor him in the same way, and to be real with God in the same way. Now let's talk about David, who wrote Psalm 23. There are a few important details uh, about David and him writing this psalm that I think are best summed up in a story about him in the book of 1 Samuel. This is a story about David when he's just a young boy, and he's moments away from the fight of his life against a giant known as Goliath. He's the only one who has the courage to step up and fight. And as he walks toward the battlefield, he calls back to King Saul, and he says this in 1 Samuel 17. He says, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. Right, so David, who wrote Psalm 23, is a shepherd. 
Right? He understands intimately what he's about to talk about, what we're about to read. He knew what it was like to care for his family's sheep. He knew what it was like to protect, protect them from predators. He knew what it was like to put his life on the line for his sheep. David continues by saying this. He says, I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine too, for he's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. And so the other thing about David that's important to know is that he has incredible faith in God. And so as we read Psalm 23 over the next few weeks, we need to remember that he's writing from his own personal experience as a shepherd and as someone who has tremendous faith and trusts God fully. After David kills Goliath, he eventually becomes king of Israel. And while he is king, he writes Psalm 23. Most scholars believe it was around the time his son Absalom was actually trying to kill him and take his place on the throne. And they believe that David wrote this to show his trust and confidence in God and to express assurance of God's presence even in the midst of this storm, this adversity he was experiencing in his life. And so that's the context for what we're about to read. So let's read Psalm 23. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I'll not be afraid, for you are close behind, beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Right? Beautiful, beautiful poem. David writes in Psalm 23 that God is his shepherd. And I think this is especially meaningful coming from David because he knows intimately what it is like to lead a flock, right? to lay down his life for a sheep, to care for them and protect them. And he says, God, this is who you are in my life. And really what he's saying to us is this is who God can be to us as well. But if God is our shepherd, do you know what else that means? It means that we are sheep. And so is David saying that we're dumb? Yeah, kind of. I mean, not all the time. Like maybe sometimes. Maybe for some of us, it's most of the time. But, but you know, he's kind of saying we're, we're dumb. Tell, tell me this isn't us. Tell me this isn't our life. Right? Have you guys seen this video before? Right, we're stuck in this spot. We're like, man, things aren't going well. Oh my gosh, God set me free. Everything's wonderful. <laughs> Boom. Right, this is us. This is how we live our lives. Like we do the exact same thing. Right, we tell ourselves <laughs> the relationship's going to be different this time. It's not going to be the same as the last one. I promise. He loves Jesus a lot. No, he doesn't. Right, social media doesn't make me feel the way it makes other people feel. So it's okay if I keep on scrolling. Oh, I feel terrible about myself. Right? I don't need to read my Bible or go to church because the word of God is in my heart. Why is my life going this way? Right? One more drink. One more drink. Like, obviously, this sheep is like super drunk. You know? It's not going to hurt me. But like, we, we do this. Right? This is our life. We just jump in and out of the rut over and over and over again because we're sheep. Right? And sheep wander aimlessly when they don't have a guide. Sheep get dumber when they are in large groups. Sheep walk the wrong paths and choose to go their own way. And that is us. One time, Jesus was with his disciples, and he was traveling from town to town, uh, teaching people about God and the good news of a Savior. Ultimately, he's standing right in front of them and saying, hey, I've come 
to rescue you. I'm the one that you guys have been praying about and waiting on, and I am here. And at one point, he takes a step back, and in Matthew 9, verse 36, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And what this means is that Jesus saw that the people were without direction because they'd put their trust and their faith in the wrong things. They'd put it in Rome and a king. They'd put it in their culture and the way they were living. They'd put it in their heritage and how they were raised. Ultimately, they weren't following God. And because of that, they were lost and confused and unsafe. And Jesus felt compassion because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. And that's the same way that he feels with us and that he sees us. And listen, this isn't an insult. Uh, it's, it's really not. I know the term sheep has been thrown around a lot lately when people don't like the decisions that you're making. Right? You're a sheep if you submit to authority, if you get in line, if you do what you're told. And because of that, it's used in a negative way. And so we tell ourselves all the time that we aren't sheep. Right? I'm not a sheep, I'm a predator. Right? I, I dominate, we're the top of the food chain. But here's my question though. Are we really? Like, are we really? Because if you take a hard look at how most people live, there's evidence to suggest we are far more like sheep than we care to admit. We get in line with what celebrities and influencers tell us is right and wrong. We follow the path that's been created by our society and our culture. I mean, just look at the way we approach things like sex and faith and forgiveness and relationships. We think we're living these unique lives, but then we all experience the same thing as everyone else. We want to be free and express ourselves. We want to break away. But really, all we're doing is just following. We follow our feelings. We follow our vices. We follow our culture. We follow other people. When doing research for this sermon, one of the things I learned is that in order for a farmer to bring their sheep to slaughter, what they do is they pick out a goat. And they train this goat to walk into the slaughterhouse by itself over and over and over again. What they call this goat is a Judas goat. And eventually, once it's fully trained, they put the goat into the flock of sheep so that when the Judas goat walks into the slaughterhouse, the sheep will follow. So one by one, they walk in, watching their friends die in front of them, but they don't stop. They walk the exact same path as everyone else in front of them that leads to their ruin because for some reason... They are expecting their path to produce a different result for them. Does that sound familiar? Listen, we are sheep, and we follow Judas goats all the time. We follow the wrong things all the time. We let other sheep in our lives dictate our steps, and only bad things happen. And we know that. We listen to podcasts and watch shows that make light of the porn industry, sexual degradation, and objectification, but then we tell ourselves that it's not going to impact us that much, and we wonder why we are sexually broken people. We follow political pundits who make money getting us angry. They make money off of this. They profit off of us and dehumanizing others, and we wonder how come nobody knows and loves their neighbors anymore. We listen to sermons from famous pastors more than we spend time in the Bible. We allow their voices to start our days and end our days instead of being centered on the truth of God's word. And we wonder why our faith feels like a roller coaster. We allow our self-worth to be dictated by likes on Instagram from strangers. And we wonder why we spend most of our days wondering if we're good enough. Right? We follow Judas Goats because we are sheep. And all we have to do to break out of these unhealthy cycles is to do what sheep don't do. And it's to take a step back. It's to take a step back and look at where we are going and what we are being led by, right? So realize who we are following, but we don't do that 
because we are a lot more like sheep than we care to admit. And so let me ask this question. Who or what are you following? Who or what are you following? Because here's the truth. We are all following someone or something, right? And, and I know that there are some people here who'll say, I don't need a shepherd. I lead my own life, right? I don't need to follow anyone. Uh, I'm good. I got it all taken care of. And so my question to you would be, how's that going for you? Right? How is your soul? How is your peace? How are your relationships? How is your faith? And some of you are following other people. It's your parents, it's an influencer, it's other friends. You're following their lead when it comes to how you treat others. You're following their lead when it comes to what you put into your body. You're following their lead when it comes to truth and purpose. You're following their lead when it comes to dealing with your pain and trauma. You're following their lead when it comes to your marriage. And these people and these organizations are leading us right into the slaughterhouse. And we don't even see it because we're just following the sheeps in front of us. Who are you following? What are you following? David says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Right? David makes it very clear that God is the one that he's following, and that is what we need. Right? We need a shepherd. We do. What we need is for someone to lead us, to go ahead of us, to protect us, someone who actually wants what's best for us. And God is that shepherd. Right? And God isn't just a shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He's the best kind of shepherd. And Psalm 23 describes just how good he is. And so that's what we're going to learn over the next few weeks as we read Psalm 23, is what kind of shepherd God is and why we should follow him. And so let's read all of verse 1 again. It says this, Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Other translations will say that I lack nothing. And so write this down. God is a good shepherd because he gives us all that we need. Now, this is really important. This doesn't say that God gives us everything that we want. There is a huge difference between wants and needs, and most of us struggle with this. We want a bigger house. We want a higher salary. We want status. We want to be able to make whatever decision we want without any consequences. We want to be able to afford eggs, okay? We can't. It's just not a thing right now. But this doesn't say God gives us what we want. It says God gives us what we need. A few weeks ago, we were finishing up dinner, and I asked my girls to put their plates in the sink and head upstairs to get ready for their bath. And with all the attitude in the world, our seven-year-old Elise said, I can't take a bath. I need dessert first. And I had flashbacks to my childhood. And if I said that to my parents, what would happen? But I responded, and I looked at her and said, no, you don't. You don't need dessert. You want dessert. And there's a huge difference between those two things. But we do the same thing to God. We tell God what we want and we expect him to, to deliver, but that isn't how God works. We need forgiveness and he gives us that. We need grace and endless second chances. He gives us that. We need peace for our souls and someone to help carry our burdens. He gives us that. We need community to pick us up when we fall in a place where we can be real about our brokenness. He gives us that. We need wisdom and guidance. We need truth and a foundation for how to live. We need to know that we're lovable and valuable and seen and good. And he gives us that, right? We need a good shepherd to lead us. He gives us that, right? God is a good shepherd because he gives us all that we need. Not all that we want, but all that we need. Verse two says, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Now, when would a sheep ever lie down in a green meadow? 
Right? A sheep is easy lunch for all predators, lions, bears, wolves, people, whatever it is. When would it rest? When it feels safe. And this is the type of God that God is. He cares about his sheep. He takes care of them. He gives them rest. He carries their burdens for them. Because God is a good shepherd because he keeps us safe. And the reason God guards us is because we're precious to him. His well-being is of our concern. And again, this doesn't mean that bad things won't happen when your faith is in God. It's not like you get baptized, you come out of the water, and there's like this protective bubble that surrounds you when you start following Jesus. Remember, David, who wrote this, experienced very high highs and very low lows in his own life. And some of the pain that he went through and experienced came at the hands of his own bad decisions. But some of the pain that he experienced was at the hands of other people. And it doesn't mean that God keeps us safe because of what we want. It doesn't mean everything will be perfect and without pain. But what it does mean is that he's always on guard. We don't have to be on edge. It means that through God, we can feel real peace and real rest. It means that even though there is trouble in this world, he will overcome it. He keeps us safe. And then verse three says this, he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And I love the word renews here because it implies that we have had a strength, but it has run out, right? And he gives us a renewed strength, a refreshed strength. And he does that by guiding us on the right paths. God is a good shepherd because he leads us in the right direction. Remember what we talked about earlier, shepherds go ahead of their flock. They go first. This summer, when Ray and I were in Israel, we were driving around the Sea of Galilee, and the Sea of Galilee is kind of like this bowl. It's, it, it's just kind of, it's down, it's below sea level, and it's surrounded by mountains and desert. And this land is very harsh and very dry and very unforgiving. And as we were driving, we noticed that part of the countryside was actually on fire, and there was a shepherd leading his flock to a safer pasture. And he was leading them down the hill through this countryside, and he was setting a path for him, and they were following him step by step like perfectly in line. But what he was doing was he was making sure it was safe. He went first. He was moving the rocks out of the way that would cause them to stumble. He was was clearing the brush that they would get caught in because that is what shepherds do. And that is what God does for us. God doesn't just tell us where to go. He doesn't point off in the distance and say, that's where you need to be, good luck. Deuteronomy 31 says that he goes before us. And going back to what we talked about last week, that's why reading the Bible matters so much because it's one of the ways that God guides us down right paths. It helps us to avoid making decisions that lead to pain and destruction. It helps us stay away from the trappings of life, of the teeth of bears and lions and wolves. God leads us in the right direction. I can't even begin to tell you how many times in my life I have stepped off the path that God has for me because it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't the direction that I wanted to go and it wasn't the route that I wanted to take. And my life has been so much harder because of that. And that has led to so much more pain and wounds and insecurities that God never intended for me to have because the times in my life I chose to go my own way. And so this doesn't mean he always leads us down the path we want him to because it's the path we need, not the path that we want. But that is a good thing because God knows what's best for us. He knows what's best when it comes to our marriage. He knows what's best when it comes to our money. He knows what's best when it comes to our growth. And that is the path that he leads us on. But not only does God lead the way, if we fall off the path, he goes and gets us. 
He doesn't abandon the sheep who've lost their way. We just sang about this in the song, Reckless Love. That song is about a shepherd and his sheep. When it comes from this parable, Jesus sums up sheep and shepherds like this in Luke 15. He says, if a man has 100 sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave behind the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. The shepherd will do everything he can to lead his sheep well, including putting his own life on the line. He'll do everything he can to protect his sheep, to give his sheep what they need. But when a sheep wanders off, he goes to get them. Right? When we wander off, God goes to get us. He brings us back home. And it's so important because it says he doesn't yell at us. There is no lecture. He doesn't scold us. What does he do? He celebrates because there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. That is who God is. That is the God that we get to follow. That is the God who can be our shepherd. And it doesn't matter how lost you are, how far away you've strayed, what dangerous situations you have found yourself in, he's searching for you. Really, he's right there with you. He's waiting for you. He's ready to carry you back home. And so listen, if you are tired of wandering down the wrong paths, if you are tired of being lost, if you are tired of following the wrong people, the Judas goats of this world, if you're tired of doing the wrong things because they're just leading you to slaughter, this story reminds us that we get to come back home. Right? And for some of you, it's time. You've been wandering for a really long time and you're worn out and Jesus is saying, I'll carry you back. And so if that is you and that is what you are searching for, if you are tired and worn out and ready for that, you don't need to keep going down those paths anymore. And one of the things that we're gonna challenge you to do is to take the next step to get baptized, to allow Jesus to be the leader and shepherd of your life. And if you are ready for that, check the baptism box, go and talk to somebody at Next Steps. And what you're saying is, I'm tired of leading myself and I'm ready for Jesus to lead me. Today, we're celebrating uh, our fourth and fifth baptisms. Our, Our fourth was that first service with Josh and our fifth is Samantha, second service today. And baptism means to be immersed or dunked in water, and it symbolizes a personal death, burial, and resurrection. It's death to the old way that we're living. It's being raised into the new life that Jesus offers. And every time we celebrate a baptism at Collective, I always feel like it seems a lot like a shepherd bringing their sheep back home. It's just pure joy. It's pure excitement because he's found the one. And what both Josh and Samantha are doing today is that they're declaring that the one they want to follow is Jesus. No one else, nothing else. That they trust him to shepherd them and their families. And what they're saying is, I can't do this on my own. And what they're saying is, I I know that I'm a sheep and I know that I'm lost and I need the right person to lead me and to protect me and to give me things I actually need, to give me peace and safety that I long for. And that is who God is and that is what he does. There is a shepherd who gives us rest. 
There is a shepherd who wants what's best for us. There is a shepherd that loves us unconditionally. There's a shepherd that will come to rescue us when we walk away. There's a shepherd who will give up everything he can to care for us. There's a shepherd who will go ahead of us and lead the way. As David says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Let's pray. God, I think every single one of us intimately know what it's like to follow the wrong things, to go down the wrong path, to follow the wrong sheep, God, to follow um, false shepherds who say they're gonna care for us and the moment bad things happen, they turn their back. And God, a lot of us know what it's like to be stuck and to find ourselves stuck again and again and again. And God, what we need is someone to lead us God, what we need is someone to take care of us. God, what we need is someone to protect us. God, what we need is someone who actually wants what's best for us. And God, we know that's you. So God, as we wrestle with Psalm 23, God, as we wrestle with the idea of being sheep, God, as we wrestle with who or what we are following, God, I pray this week as people and as a church, we take a big step forward to following you and you alone. God, because you are a good shepherd who loves his sheep. God, we are thankful for that. God, we know that when we stray away, we don't deserve the fact that you go and come back uh, and bring us back to you, but you do. Um, and because of that, God, we should want to follow you. So God, as we leave today, uh, I just pray as everything starts pulling us in every direction, God, we, we begin to feel that pull and begin to, to follow the lead of others and uh, other people and other organizations, other sheep. God, I, I pray that we recognize that the path we're heading on is destructive and we turn back toward you. God, we thank you um, that you are a good shepherd. God, we thank you that you lead the way. God, we thank you that you put your life on the line for us. God, we love you and pray this in your name. Amen.